It is a Wednesday edition, the Jack Michael Show coming from our palatial studios at 1020 South 25th Street in Fargo. Brad Anderson in the house, the brand manager of 740 The Fan, your top uh, sports station in the in the region. We thank you for listening. The fifth largest daytime signal in the country, which is uh, great. And today we're going to even we're going to utilize all those international waters that we bust into Manitoba <laughs> today. We'll explain. Coming up, excited about today's show because uh, Terry Horan is going to join us, Brad. He's always got, you know, he's uh, Terry's been doing it for a long time. What a great coach and human being this guy is. And we don't have Terry on enough, so I'm, I'm just going to say that. We don't have Terry on enough, so I'm excited to talk to Terry. But what the Cobbs got rolling on, uh, preseason polls on for the Dragons, you know. And I was I was tongue-in-cheek joking going, I, I see their, their preseason ranked 10th. And we'll get Steve on, too, Lockway uh, soon to kind of roll out that. But I said, well, they're 10th. There's, you know, there's 90 teams in that conference, so that's not bad. <laughs> well, they lost one, though. They did lose one, yeah, for Iowa, right? That, that's it. But uh, which is, you know, the conference size is the, um, is the, uh, it has been a pretty hot topic. I mean, I'm every time, every social media, every sport, whatever sports, page and hopefully you go to 740thefan.com and get updated on that but whatever uh, social media or sports page it'll be usa today or espn or cbs sports or whatever the, you go to you know it now we're seeing here's what we're seeing brad we're not seeing the football coaches now talking it's the other sports that in these conferences that are moving and 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 joining and shifting it's the softball coaches it's the you know maybe you'll hear from some basketball coach and that's what we brought up at the tail end of last night's show that's the next thing that's good you know that's, so yeah you need to you need to those voices can't be you know you can't quelch those voices they have to be yeah. heard from as well because they may have only 15 on their particular roster or 20 or whatever it is is not 100 yet it's in in the in the I, I just think of the, the you know the Pac-12. Where has thou gone? What has what has happened? The Pac-12. The uh, so there I saw Kiffin was the latest. Uh, it was echoing uh, the the softball player criticizing the Pac-12 X, and I thought, yeah, this makes sense. If I'm even a parent, and I know that sometimes your your children will go off to colleges a long ways away. You know that that was uh, it's kind of one of the reasons I. You know, I didn't have a stellar career, but played enough and a little bit. But kind of one of the reasons I, I stayed in my area to play juco ball. You know, I signed two years there and then transferred to a school that was, you know, not far away from home. Because you know why? Mom and Pop could come and see, you know. And, Absolutely. And, right? And that's even, you know, just because that's not the wasn't the highest level, Division Two doesn't matter. And, and you know, I'm even looking at, uh, think of those people in California that, you know, maybe their their son or daughter, you know, signs at uh, at, at UCLA, and maybe they're from the, the greater uh, LA area or Orange County area. Or take your pick, go out and, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> what do you think the cost is? Do you think going, honey? I don't think we can make it to Rutgers this weekend. You know, I, I don't think we can afford to fly to to Ohio to like, watch this. Don't game. Like we're going to make it to College Park, Maryland this weekend. <laughs> I Sorry, I love crab. Don't get me wrong; mm-hmm. I love a good uh, crab sandwich. But yeah, so that that is uh, that is a fall. I don't know what what is the um, what's the best number. What's the best number for a conference to have? I don't have all of it. I don't have them in front of me or, or across the. You know what's the, what's the is there a perfect allotment of the right 
towns with competitive schools and this many institutions. You know, fill in the blank, this many. You know, you, the, the threshold, as we all have learned, Brad, over the years, you know, is six. You know, you fall below that yep. and you're, you're running the risk and you're not involved in all, you know, so you got there's a minimum that you have to have. But we've never talked about the upper end. <laughs> you know, where, 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 I just thought about that coming in. You know, what's the best number? And you could text in 35270, you know, best number for a uh, conference have. In the American Association of Baseball, there are six teams in each division. I get it, it's pro, it's not college, but to make a point, there are um, 12 teams total, and each division is, is comprised of six cities, six teams. You want to talk about spread out, it can be a little spread out there too. Um, so within that, I think, and I was chatting with Commissioner uh, Schaub, and, and I'm sure the AA is going to grow too. I don't think this is a league that's going to stand packed. There's always, you know, teams that have viable, you know, cities and, and stadiums we build and ownerships that want to jump in. But when you have a, a six and six, when you're breaking down the playoffs, you can play a little bit. You could say, all right, let's uh, the, the top three, you know, uh, make the, uh, you can say make the postseason, and then you can always have that, uh, you know, expand maybe instead of a three-game, a best of five, and, and do it that way, and then where three has to battle off for two to see who plays one to see you could do that, you know. Or you could do what the AA does now. They've got the top four, which seems like that's a lot of teams that can make it. Granted, but the caveat is the one that wins it gets to pick who they play first in the postseason, and it's a best of three, so the shorter series, and then another best of three, shorter series, then a best of five. So in college, Brad, I, we joke about the Northern Sun. I mean, it's got a lot of tremendous institutions, but it just keeps growing. And at some point, you're thinking, if you are the, if you are on the rung that that is always fighting an uphill battle, you know, going well, we can't. I mean, we're trying to recruit. We're we're, we're just in this huge conference. It's just tough to to get out of. So I don't know if if more <laughs> is the answer. Now at the major level. More is the answer, obviously, because there's a lot of dollars involved in it. But I'll throw that out, Brad. I, what's the right number? What's the perfect number for a collegiate, you know, conference? You know, well, even <laughs> makes it a <laughs> number, lot easier. Have an even, even number. That's a good sign. Um, that's a good start. I'd say ten or twelve. I just right. think that's. I mean, you're always gonna you're always going to have have and have nots. But I think that gap, and well, using the Northern Sun as an example at a smaller level. You have haves and have-nots, and I think that gap between the top and the bottom has a chance to go wider sure. once you have more teams. The And, and when you have excessive I, – I, 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 it's tough to use the word excessive because, I mean, a, a lot, if every team is great, what a conference. Wow, we got, we got it all. So I, I Stop a little bit short. But you also have only X number, say football. You only have X number of games. You know, you had 10, 11, whatever games you're going to play. And if you got a huge conference, you're, you're not getting any non-conference games in per se. I mean, your, your whole season well, right, your, your is conference play. Right, your season's pretty much set for you. You're not going <laughs> right. to play anybody outside of that. Right. So I don't I, – I was just thinking about the, today. What What is the, the right number where it's financially viable – you know, as Brad said, an even number, so you're not, you know, it's not awkward where, you, you know, someone's getting left out or you have to rotate someone who you play. I mean, the Big Sky, a pretty healthy conference, too. 
I mean, that, that's... Oh, sure. So can you be too large, I guess maybe is the, is the other way to put that. Can, can, is, what, what is the detriment of being too large in a conference? This would be a great athletic director's question, wouldn't it, for like some of our, for, for like Matty or, or Bill and, and you and the, like, can you be so large uh, where it becomes a detriment in the, in the collegiate ranks? And what we're learning here is that uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe the jury's still out here, Brad. Obviously, in a couple of years, all this will we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know that they, uh, you know, you got to have a minimum. You know, without you have to have a minimum institutions. We've seen that at the uh, uh, the state level, have we not? Uh, uh, Brad on some of the uh, like the uh, not the, like the Great Lakes ish types, North Stars. You know, you get, yeah. I mean, the North Star now for football. I think they're getting to the point. Dale's uh, take Valley Cities for example, mm-hmm. where you know they have two schools that shut the doors. I mean, presentation closed the doors, and Iowa Leslie closed uh, closed the doors. So you're kind of to a point where you're doing home and homes. You know, with with the other teams, I forget. I got Dakota State, Mayville, Dickinson, yeah. and Waldorf. That's other than the 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 um, two games for Valley City State. I'll use them for example. The paint okay. bucket game with Jamestown. They go to South Dakota Mines. The rest of those games, basically home and homes with the other four in the conference. See, and that's that, tough. That's the other end of the spectrum. That's really isn't hard. It? Yeah. It's the other end of the uh, too large. Uh, you know, you so again. Where's the where's the happy medium? I like your eight. I like your ten. Um, I mean, 10, 10 a pretty good number, isn't it? Even, even if 10, if you wanted to split that up with a, I guess, a, or a 12, but that, that I keep seeing more stories pop up. We'll see where this goes. I mean, you're going to be driven by the dollar sign, but it will be, um, are you going to saturate the majors so much that it dilutes the whole? Right. Uh, Texter says here, uh, Jack, what's the average going rate for a Big Ten football player? Maybe they could pay mom and dad's flight to Rutgers. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Depending on the NIL deal, maybe well, that's maybe that's maybe one player co- could pay for a couple collective, of collective. Collective. Oh, that's right. Uh, you deep you dig into that collective money. Well, and and I think, you know, to that Texter's point, you know, to what we're seeing now and and, and what we've now seen emerge uh locally at North Dakota State with another arm. Of, of revenue that that, that that outside of the team anchors that uh, uh, that that they're embarking on and and various means of of, of student athletes uh, uh, additional revenue ability to to bring in based whether it be on academics or what have you like we see at North Dakota um, but you're you're right uh, to the texture's point you're right it's uh, you know. I, it, it, the student athlete, the argument was early on, and trust me, it was a good argument, school making money off player. You know, yep. player got, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say nothing because the argument there is, well, they're getting an education paid for free. And, uh, you know, da, 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 da. but that was the argument. Then, of course, now we're into a place now how you rectify that because back in the day, sanctions were put on when outside sources that, that colleges either knew of or didn't were providing some financial help to players. And then, of course, we slapped wrists. We put death penalties on institutions. 
And uh, and then, you know, that, that was probably running rampant in various schools that we didn't even know about, but you probably thought was going on. And then, of course, it was exposed, and we knew that. And then all of a sudden, that, that has led itself to, like, well, the money is so big on various means that there's got to be some way to, to compensate. So students, you know, that not only get the uh, – the, uh, the athletic scholarships and, and whatnot, you know, they also get, you know, cost of uh, attendance, all that kind of stuff going in. And then, and, and, well, well, here's the deal. We'll, we'll let them uh, profit off their name, image, and likeness. Well, I'm not tied in. You're not wearing a particular jersey. There were parameters around that, so this will balance it out. Well, now that thing has run rampant, Brad, as you said, where, where now colleges now are, like, just collectively coming together for hundreds of thousands of dollars, so that becomes a big pool. Oh, my goodness. It is... It's out of the thing. So I, you know, now you're going to mix super conferences, and, and 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 again, my first question: What is what can you be? Can it be too excessive? Can you can you have too much? And what is the fault? What's in the wake of, of all of this going? Well, on? that's what happens in five years if it gets too big, or there's some schools that say this doesn't work. I guess you just. No. Start the cycle over again. It, right. Yeah. Life, life. Texter says here, uh, the high school level, the North Dakota High School Activities Association was having the same question with new high schools coming mm. into the EDC and WDA and not mm. getting to play non-conference games, uh, especially basketball, because I think that was that was a big reason why I think the uh, the bigger schools, the Class A, or a lot of the bigger Class A schools were in favor of it just because they felt their hands were tied with scheduling. Yeah, yeah, you could t- yeah, take that and 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 uh, put a microscope uh, or a magnifying glass on the high school uh, side of things. Now that's another thing, especially in rural, especially in rural states that fluctuate, or or you know the smaller kind of gets smaller, Brad. And we've seen that in the state of North Dakota, where we've seen the the state kind of tilt the population into certain parts, and it's always obviously it's forced uh, North Dakota. Uh, to redefine and realign uh, because of uh, because of numbers. I'm curious, by the way, what uh, how everything's going to shake down um, in the state regarding that. But it seems like that's always in athletics. That's the deal. It's it's the deal. Uh, for years, Brad, you and I talk about going look at Class B in North Dakota. You can go through each region and say this team may never have a shot. And I hate mm-hmm. to say it, but it may never have a shot. It's sure. just not going to compete. You know, and then and that led to conversations about, well, maybe we should realign here. Maybe we should uh, three classes here. I mean, it's not to the case where everybody needs to get a ribbon, but everybody needs to have some sort of equity that at least they have a little bit better shot based on, you know, population participation, that kind of thing. So I get maybe, maybe we've been battling this over the years, and maybe it is always evolving, but it just seems like <laughs> this seems like, Conference realignment on steroids, right? No pun intended. That's a terrible analogy to make. Conference realignment on <laughs> to the excess, and so the Big Ten's going to be great. Going to be a super size mega. Uh, you know, you're going to have the, the 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 Big Twelve, which which could blow up. You know, obviously we see that move. Could have the SEC. Could have three major conferences. Then what happens to the Pac-12? You know, and what happens to, to that? And does anybody benefit that are mid majors? That could collectively, you know, for all those that had hopes of, of of moving up to the FBS, is that the right move now again? Is there a collective that could happen with that next group of five or group of whatever goes? I yeah, it is. It's just popping up. It's a, a lot. It's a, it's chewing off a big bite of a sandwich. Uh, but uh, again, it's easy. It's twenty twenty three. 
as you say, B, talk to me in 2028. Yeah, I think that's, that's all me, we can talk do. Talk to me in 2030. That's all we can do at this point. Yeah. But but do you believe, though, like from, from this point, that, that as the Big 12 or Big 10 picket uh, becomes a mega, that you can say this school in that mega 20 or mega 18 has no shot? Do you, do you think that we'll say, or do you think, well, you know what, they could they, they could creep up, or will the will the will the names will the big names still be the big names and everybody else fighting for a in uh, college athletics in college athletics? I just look at like Minnesota. Can you are you going to be able to compete? Because you don't hear, you know, maybe there is an NIL and collectives and such. Maybe right. you just don't hear about it. But uh, you know, you're you were kind of fighting to tread water in some sports not all of them but in some sports are you going to be able now you're now you're bringing teams from out west in right right and some teams that have big right. budgets right does this help right. you? It, it helps you financially obviously the greater right. the greater right but, but to the point of to from a point, competitive nature i don't know can you keep up yeah it would it be like the little bit of the, the northern sun model where there's so many teams in there that that Right to to keep your head above water. If you're not if you're not swimming thoroughly on top now, you know you look Duluth and Mankato, and you know I would say the schools that the old NCC schools, the Duluths yeah. and Mankatos and and St. Cloud, even though they have football, but um, you know or some of those schools, Sioux Falls, another one, even though they weren't in old Augustana, right? Those schools are going to be fine. Usual suspects continue to yeah. be the usual suspects, and the Minot states of the world. Keep up. It's it's the question, and and can you transfer that and look at the uh, potentially the Big Ten and that same thing regarding maybe the Gophers? You know how how high is their hurdle uh, uh, continue to be? Uh, we'll take a break. Terry Haran coming up. The Mayak is just fine. Thank you very much. The Mayak is, is, I'm sure Terry would say that, good competition. Got a, got a good supply of, uh, of teams that are in there now. Now, granted, they had one school that, that leapfrogged two spots to get out. But how the Cobbers going to be this year? Well, that, that's going to be your conversation with Terry coming up. And then uh, later on, Ryan and Chris, Ryan Schroker will uh, will join us today. And uh, Chris Olson, Chris, the head coach at Oak Park in Winnipeg. Uh, Ryan is, is with the uh, Bruins staff. And uh, they're going to have a meeting. You're in Canada and the United States, Winnipeg and Fargo South, that kind of thing. Uh, they'll come along with us a little bit later on today. It's a Wednesday edition. Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan. Jack Michael Show, Brad Anderson in the uh, studio. Good to, good to see you at the ball game last night, Brad. You'll oh, be calling you. some Red Hawks games, obviously, in the fall. You get a little, uh, when I... Uh, you got our schedules get so busy, we kind of rely on each other to kind of pick up the baton when someone else is gone. So it's too bad it was an hour forty six rain delay last night. Yeah, I guess I have a uh, friend of mine that I go uh, once a year. He always invites me to a game, and uh, <laughs> we had a little. We had plenty of time to chat, anyways. And yeah, you did. beforehand before the uh, before the game. But, yeah, just, uh, just yeah, it was too bad that one got away there in the uh, later oh, game, God, the final, just last couple of innings. Got to find a way to get it done. Uh, where is that? You know, Terry Haran's so good that, that, that he is wanted by the baseball team also as in a coaching back. But you know, when you're putting over two decades of work at football, you got that that main gig over there. As I said earlier, it's always great to talk to Terry Haran. Chris Coast and, and Anthony Wren tell me your day just gets better when you have Terry Haran. Uh, so Terry, good to good to have you on board. How you doing, Coach? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks, Jack. Uh, this is a fun time, busy time, exciting time. I mean, you're you're prepping, you're kind of seeing what you got, you're training, the schedule's coming up. Kind of, you've been doing it for a long time, Terry. Do you still get those same uh, same feelings as you enter a new season? 
Absolutely. You know, I'm going on 34 years of coaching football. This will be my 23rd year as the head coach here. And I was telling the team earlier, our kids reported yesterday and uh, we've been in meetings yesterday, meetings today. And and every time I, uh, I get in front of any of them that it's for the first time, you know, I do tell them that, hey, 34 years of coaching football, 23 years here as a head football coach, and I still can't sleep the night before. I'm still anxious. I'm still excited. That fire is still burning inside of me. And uh, as long as I got that, I'm going to keep going, man. If I, once I lose that, it's probably <laughs> over. But uh, yeah. I, I am uh, I'm fired up for the year and fired up to work with our staff and our kids. That's fantastic. Yeah, once you, once you wake up and that, that, that fire's not in that pit, I suppose, it's just time to grab a fishing pole and hang out and then do that for a living, <laughs> maybe on that. You know, it's right. funny, Terry, you, you know, you've been at it for so many times. There's so many athletes you've seen come and go, student athletes. I'm sure you look, the way you probably look into your, your seniors' eyes as opposed to those new freshmen, you know what the freshmen are about to embark on, but yet verbally uh maybe you can say th- some things but they also have to experience some of those pitfalls and downfalls and hurdles over there i'm curious how, how you, you know, do you throw out a lot of the same things do you find yourself each year or do you have to mix it up as the has the student athlete changed over the year with the mentalities take us through that terry yeah i don't know if the student athletes have changed you know i think every single one of them uh, you know they they need, uh, you know, they need guidance. They need discipline. They need structure. Uh, you know, communication is a big part of who I am, who our staff is. We all want to be on the same page. We all want to be moving in the right direction. So, you know, we spend these first few days really fine-tuning a lot of that about, you know, the little things of, you know, to be early is to be on time, to be on time is to be late, to be late is to be forgotten. You know, be in the meetings on time, hats off, walking into the meeting room, all the little little things that become big things that's just part of the discipline of, of a football program because if we can't do some of those, I can't count on them in the fourth quarter, that's for sure. You know, little things like how do you keep your locker, you know, if you're a lived-in locker guy, that's what the foot locker's for. Everything else better be night and tidy, nice and tidy and neat and uh, um, on how we go about our business. So over the years, we've, we've, we've added more things that we like to do. For instance, this year, Jack, the NCAA allows a um, program like ours to come in a day earlier than a normal reporting day if you have educational um, possible opportunities that you want to share with your young men. And, okay. And and we so we brought them in a day earlier. I'm thankful for our administrative staff and to allow us to do that. Um, and normally when everyone comes in, if parents just drop off, they move in, and boom, we're right into meetings and we go all day. Well, since we moved in yesterday. We had um, our, our video photo uh, videographer out doing with our upperclassmen doing kind of a, a media day. And then we had our freshmen moving into the dorms. And then we had all their parents stay around. We had the football team and parents in three different meetings, one of which was talking about nutrition, which is very important and a big part of being a student athlete, right? Yeah. You know, you want to fuel your body for success. And then we had our Center for Holistic Health meet with our kids and parents. You know, mental health is a big part of everything that we go through nowadays, and it really has taken off a lot since um, since COVID. So we had we had speakers from campus talking to the parents that way, and then we had a sports psychologist in talking with our team, and 
and then into our trainers. And then we ended it all last night with a cookout with all of our parents, us coaches grilled. Um, we were out at the stadium. We were playing lawn games. It was just a, really a relaxing atmosphere. We've never done that, and it went over like gangbusters. Wow. The families loved it. We wanted these parents to know, especially the freshman parents, that you've picked the right place. Your son has picked the right place because this is a program in a college community that's going to take care of you. Everything Coach Oran just said right there, if you are a parent listening to this radio station today, how would you not want to send Brad your son? Terry, that sounds like orientation week when I was a cobber years ago. It really does. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm getting ready to go into a 1 o'clock meeting with the entire team again, and, and uh, you know, we're going to go through all of our – crossing our T's, dotting our I's, and then by mid-afternoon, our coordinators are taking them, and away we go, and then we're on the field tomorrow. We'll get a little, uh, uh, your thoughts or a barometer, at least on, on, on your expectations or thoughts about the year, but going back as you were going through all that, and we're talking about new student-athletes, you know, when you talk about prioritizing time, you know, Terry, you're a multi-sport athlete at, at Concordia at a high level. You, I know you've got, I think you probably still, do you still have the single-season touchdown Scoring mark? Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm still old now, Jack. Some of that stuff uh, doesn't even uh, register. Uh, my kids will bring it up to me once in a while, and they can't believe that he even could catch a football, that's for sure. <laughs> but so. I had a place to go. I just didn't want to do I know you're too humble to probably say that. I mean, but Terry is. I, for those that don't know, Terry could play. Uh, pick your sport. But uh, everything you just went through that, that you and your staff – uh, present to the the student athletes coming in and their parents. Uh, was that the same for you when you entered college uh, as well? You know what? I learned really from one of the best. You know, in Concordia, what we kind of really take a lot of pride on is the fact in the last 83 years, there's only been three head football coaches, Jake Christensen for 28 years, Jim Christofferson 32, and now me 23. Jim Christofferson was my coach. And you talk about a fine-tuned, detailed-oriented type coach. I learned from the best, and he was such a family man, and he really he did a lot of these very same things. You know, some things we've have put in that are new, but you know, a lot of it was just kind of tailored off of what he had done, and and um, he was the master of um, of bringing football programs together. You know, kids from all walks of life coming in from all different programs. And all of a sudden, you got to mold them into a team, and uh, he was the best at it. So I did learn from the best, and he learned from Jake. So really, there's a little bit of all of us in the three of us. So Think about what you just said, Terry. How many programs in the country can say what you just said about the number of coaches? And what did you say, 82? 83 years, 80. there's only been three head football coaches over here at Concordia <laughs> College. And how about that? You know, I... what it makes it, you know what makes that story even better, Jack? What's that? Right? So Jake Christensen recruited Jim Christofferson out of Henning, Minnesota. Okay. Jim came and played for Jake. Jim played for Jake for four years. Then Jim coached with Jake. Jim took over for Jake. Jim recruited me out of Wilmer High School. I came up and played for Jim. I coached with Jim. I took over for Jim. Wow. So we all kind of wow. have a little bit of – I mean, not many places can say that, right? In oh. this day and age, oh. where coaches are going off to the next best, greatest thing, 
There's stability here at Concordia College that we're quite proud of. I I would uh, I challenge our listeners today, Brad. Got a lot of smart people out there. I challenge someone to 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 Google it if you have to to tell me that that's the same anywhere else. That's a great lineage where the baton just continues to be passed. Uh, so we got a new season in front of us, Terry. Uh, you know, they're probably Brad and I were just talking about you know conferences, realignments. They're adding at the major level all these big ones over here. But uh, you know, certainly in the MIAC, it has the quote unquote usual suspects where you you certainly have been there. But there's always that one or two hurdles that's always going to be the one. So just give us a barometer, Terry, not only on on how you feel your team has been assembled and what that is like, and and maybe what the what the MIAC could hold. Yeah, so I really like the team we have. You know, we have 21 seniors. We have six uh, returning starters on D, five on offense. So, you know, we lost some really good players. Um, but we've got some guys that have been waiting for their opportunity and they've been chomping at the bit. And, uh, you know, one of our key players, obviously, offensively, that's back. And if there's a position that you love having someone that's had a lot of experience come back, that's our quarterback, Cooper Madder, not a Fargo Shanley High School, Troy Madden, the head coach's boy, yeah. um, really grew grew a lot up, you know, for us last year, and and uh, we're excited to see how fall camp goes for him, and and um, and he's a he's just he's a born leader, a competitor. Um, we ended up getting a nice transfer coming over from Morehead State, Jersey Selzler out of Belva, North Dakota, um, very fine high school quarterback too. So. That what's nice about Jersey coming over it gives us a veteran experience that quarterback too that that can continue to push Cooper because we've got four really good ones coming in in the freshman class but they're still green you know they got to learn a lot defensively we got you know one of the best probably inside backers in the league and Ty Mosier from Perm Minnesota um, he is he's dynamite Chase Doctor at nose a kid out of Bismarck um, and good secondary play too our kickers back. So, you know, we're optimistic with the Cobbs. We're going to have to have some people step up, and some of those people, we're, we're waiting for fall camp here to start tomorrow, and it's their opportunity to showcase their abilities. I know i got a lot of guys that look pretty good right now, so we'll see uh, how they look come September 2nd, and that's when we open up at Wisconsin-Eau Claire, which is a, a very good um, Wisconsin League member. Um, Wisconsin League is one of the toughest conferences in the country. Um, they have all new coaches. We don't know much on them. I know their head guy was a defensive guy at South Dakota State. We all know that South Dakota State's had a great run in their program. Um, I believe their offensive coordinator came from Wisconsin. He was like a quarterback coach. Um, so we'll probably be seeing a little bit of South Dakota State, a little bit of Wisconsin. But it's hard because we don't know them very well. And then we have Pacific Lutheran out of Tacoma, Washington. Um, a lot of history in that program. Frosty Westerling, a longtime legend, okay. uh, used to coach that program. Um, and they come in to play us for our home opener the following week. And then, Jack, our league, it's the usual suspects, like you said. St. John's Bethel will be very strong. Gustavus can be strong. Other teams have really improved. We're going to be playing St. Scholastica for the first time ever. So there'll be some fun with that too mm. and and uh and good and how about that good for you terry you're at saint scholastica you're at saint john's and you're at uh, at bethel <laughs> so you gotta not only try to find a way to beat them, you gotta beat them in their house for goodness sakes right there right right on you know and going on the road is never easy and and um but you know we we make sure that um 
you know, our kids are, are getting the proper rest. We're staying nice hotels. We're eating good food. A lot of our guys, they love going on the road because it's a chance to kind of get away from the hustle and bustle of being on campus. No question about it. September 9th, as, as Terry mentioned, uh, the Cobbers were at home. Unless you want to certainly travel to Wisconsin-Eau Claire on September 2nd, please do. Uh, but the ninth circle that one, folks. That's a 1 o'clock kickoff at the Jake Pacific Lutheran, as, as Terry said, a little background on that program. So good for Concordia to, to lock that in. That's a long way to, to come play. So that's that's awesome for that. Terry, won't be the last time we talk. I, I, I See, everybody's better off having Terry Haran on for a couple of minutes <laughs> to, to break it down. Terry, go get those, uh, those boys. Always ready to rock and roll. We know you will. As always, thanks for joining us. And again, we'll we'll, we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, Terry. Hey, appreciate it, Jack. Thank you. Bye. You got a great Terry Haran, uh, Carver's football coach. That's an, that's amazing. And I knew that that was the case, but when you hear it in the numbers, you know, from Jake, you know, to Jim, mm-hmm. to Terry, three coaches, 83 years. And the Carver's, you know, Think of Bucky Burgo, yep. Chris Coast, now into Anthony, now Renz, right. the, and before Bucky. But I mean, there, there's there's some about that school. Uh yeah, the I stability think... of, of length of, of coaches. Yeah, right? also, yeah, some coaches. Dwayne Severson, when he uh, did right. basketball and golf for a long time, and uh, I guess that's just one you think of. And was yeah. John, what John Eidsness before him, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are just those are just a few examples. Yeah, well, can you imagine Perry going? Well, we're looking for a stable. Uh, system. Well, let me tell you, we've had three coaches in 83 years. Okay, where do I sign? Terry Haran joining us. Hey, we come back. I like this. I, I don't know if this has been done before with a uh, North Dakota high school team. If there has been a crossover, I'm not familiar, uh, but it's happening soon. We'll tell you what that is next. It's a Wednesday edition. Jack Michael Show, Brad Anderson, today on 740 The Fan. It is a Wednesday edition, and uh, we say hello also to our friends in Manitoba. in Manitoba this weekend. The, uh, the Hawks are playing at Winnipeg again this weekend at Shaw Park. In fact, not just to drop names here, but I texted a guy named Brady Oliveira yesterday, and I know that uh, they've got action against Edmonton coming up in the CFL. Brady uh, played collegially at UND. We nick- I nicknamed him the Manitoba Moose, and I said, Brady, going to be in Winnipeg. Stop by the park if you can. Well, <clears throat> just so happens that uh, one of these, uh, both of these fellows, very familiar with Brady. Uh, one of them, certainly from Oak Park High in uh, the the Charleswood area, I believe, of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Chris will correct me if I'm wrong. Chris Olson, head coach there at Oak Park, and Ryan Soroka. Ryan, who I, I just normally I'm hanging out at Softball Diamonds watching ball with Ryan, but we're talking football today on that that South Bruins staff. So Chris is here, and Ryan is here, and we'll tell you why in a second. Chris, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, thanks for having me. Fantastic, Ryan. How you doing, buddy? Good. How you doing? Well, doing great. And and uh, I, I I said on the tease coming in. I don't know if this has been done before. If it has, I'm sure I'll be corrected on that. But talk a little bit about uh, the genesis of having a, a team from Canada come in and square off against the Bruins, a team uh, here in the in in the, in the Metro. Ryan, how did how did all this come to be? Well, it started years ago. We actually did. Uh, when I was at Oak Park, we ended up playing uh, Team Eden Prairie out of Minneapolis. Uh, Mike Grant coaches that team, and Bud Grant, uh, his father, coached the Bombers back in the day. So uh, oh, yeah. they came to Winnipeg with their JV team, their varsity team, and they laid a whooping on us. 
And uh, <laughs> that that year in 2010, they uh, we we ended up winning the championship. Uh, and I don't know, something has to be said about that playing those guys. And uh, and then we played them again in 2014. We uh, repaid a visit down to them in Eden Prairie, and uh, they laid a whooping on us again. <laughs> and uh, again in that 2014 with Brady Oliveira, we won the championship, and uh, Chris Olson was a part of that coaching staff too. Well, that that's fantastic, and Chris, I suppose uh, since that's going on, uh, you thoroughly. Uh, I'm sure a lot of things have to happen to make this happen. Chris, take us through through that that part of this uh, exchange, I guess. Yeah, you know what? It's actually uh, been a little more work than I thought it was going to be. Uh, getting the guys together, getting across the border, and all that stuff. But um, you know what? We started up and we have a little spring season and then I brought it up to the players and the parents to see if there was some interest in doing it and uh, I think we are breeding like 99% of our roster everybody's on board Uh, parents are excited they're going to come down watch the game it's a nice quick drive Uh, you know a lot of parents haven't been across the border in a couple years uh, since COVID and that so it'll be a good trip Uh, bring lots of people with us players are coming and uh, now it's just kind of doing all those final details and get all the little paperwork, making sure insurance is done and the school division is happy. But we're getting there. Yeah, no question. Uh, you're not coming by train now, are you? Who's uh, that? I'm hearing. <laughs> no, I think that's uh, that, that's that would be me. Okay. That would be me sitting in Washington right now. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, that, that's great. It actually is great sound for radio. It really brings it to life. Like, wow, these guys are really on the move. Uh, Chris, I, and, and Ryan, we'll talk about and I'm sure a lot of people that are listening here are uh, uh, familiar with Sarah with the Bruins, and we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. But, Chris, take us through, you know, football, high school football in Canada. How different maybe by, you know, who you play? Is it all metro teams? Do you go outside the province? You know, is it, how big is your – you know, section or district or whatever you may call. It. Just educate us a little bit about about Oak Park and and uh, football in Canada. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, football is growing hugely right now uh, across Canada, but in Manitoba uh, exponentially. So, probably I've been out of high school football for about fifteen, or quit playing uh, football now for about ten years and okay. got into coaching, but. In that time, the high school league's grown from eight teams to now we're just about 33 teams in our league. So we'll pl- and that's uh, just in Manitoba. We'll play. Uh, you'll kind of play in conferences. Then you'll kind of get ranked throughout the season one through eight, and then that those teams one through eight will play for uh, like a provincial title. Uh, we don't get to really play outside of our province, uh, which is unfortunate, other than exhibition games and stuff like that. So. Uh, which uh, it's a lot of players and it's a lot of football, but uh, kind of kept within Manitoba. I get that feeling too, Chris and Ryan. When you were there, maybe maybe you saw that swell because we are now seeing a a number of Canadian uh, football players. Uh, certainly, there's a number of coaches from the states that are littering Manitoba and Winnipeg, and I'm sure into Regina and Saskatchewan and across the uh, across the provinces that are you're finding on collegiate football programs uh ryan did did you see this uh happening too while you were back there now of course you're you're living here yeah slowly just like uh chris touched on it, it, it it's been a slow go um social media has been a very very big thing because these kids can get out of tape i mean back when when i played you know you'd load up the betamax right you'd have to right. cut and then all this stuff and by that time you're 24 years old um, <laughs> right, these kids right. can get stuff out 
like at the drop of a hat. They can get stuff out. And, and, and coaching, too. There's actually a couple coaches that coach up at, with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's our professional team up there. Uh, they're from Valley Valley City, and that's our head coach, uh, Kozel, uh, Tyler Kozel. He uh, he was coached by Marty, who coaches the offensive line for the sure. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Sure, and the Bombers are doing well this year. I think they're like six and two, getting bom- the Grey Cup champs. I mean, Bombers are Bombers are making a splash. They got a nice stadium up there. I, I encourage Zone Ryan. I'm sure you would second that. And Chris, and if uh, if you haven't gone up and, and seen a CFL football and and B the Bombers with the success they're having, uh, you're missing out, right, Chris? I mean, that, that's good ball. Yeah, it is great football. And there was actually a story uh, in the paper yesterday, and just how. You know that CFL football is getting a lot stronger, and uh, actually, one of the players that got cut from Bomber Spring Camp actually just signed with the Chicago Bears. And not only the football, the atmosphere in that stadium—it's—it's uh, it's always talked about across Canada as being one of the best stadiums to uh, to go experience a football game. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one more naive question at you because I'm sure someone out there would would probably call in and ask this, but I'll throw it to Chris <laughs> and Ryan going. We're familiar with the CFL. Hopefully, people are, and the 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 yeah. it, it differs a little bit from uh, from the NFL and those rules. But does that trickle down to the high school level, or is the high school rules, field, dimension, size, downs, uh, the same as as it is in the states, uh, Chris? No, yeah, it, we play basically CFL football at the high school level. So you're thinking we only do three downs. Uh, the field is a little bit bigger. Our end zones are actually uh, 20, 20 yards in depth uh, with the goalposts at uh, the front of the end zone. Um, a couple different rules where we have some more flexibility with our receivers where we can run them around and do a lot of motion. And then the other kind of big one everyone talks about is the yard of scrimmage, where our offensive defense line has to be a yard apart. Okay, that's good. So, Ryan, how's South secondary then? I'm assuming there's going to be the ball's going to be in the air a little bit. There's going to be a few eyeballs that are going to be wide open. That's for sure. <laughs> um, they'll be for sure. We've already told them, and we told them, and harped on them. Uh, you know, to watch a game because the motion. But there'll be the odd kid or two or three or five that are going to come over. They're moving, coach. Yeah, they're moving. We told you <laughs> they're coming to the line full full speed. So. The quicker game, that's for sure. Yeah, that's good. I, I'm assuming if this is then played on on Fargo soil, that the the rules adapted would be what you would have in the EDC, correct, Ryan, or not? It is, and they are going to have the, the uh, Oak Park. Uh, will have they'll be allowed to do their motion. Okay. So uh, offensively, the, the everything will be it'll be four downs, same field dimensions, obviously. Um, they won't have to give a yard, which I'm guessing that they will, because we don't want to overcoach our kids and stuff like that. So they'll be allowed their motion. Our guys will be good for certain situations for us, too, just to get back. You know, there, there will be passing teams that we'll see this year. So, Sure. That is uh, – well, it's really great to have Ryan and Chris with us uh, today to talk about this. Uh, Ryan, take us through the particulars. Uh, when, when does this happen? Uh, everybody come one, come all, come out. How, how do people take advantage of this and, and, and check it out? Let us know. Yeah. Yeah, next Friday, the 18th, we're kicking off at 6 p.m. at Fargo South High School. And it's come on, come all, come and enjoy. Um, yeah, it, it's just, this is just going to be a great thing for, for all kids involved, not just Rogue Park coming down here. Our kids, our kids are, are really 
getting excited to play the, the Canadian kids, quote unquote. And and I think it's on the other side too, because like Chris touched on earlier, the border's been closed for the last couple of years, and it's time to get out and really kind of have some fun. And I hope these kids have a lot of good, some good bonding. They're coming in Thursday. Oak Park we covered Thursday for a walkthrough with us. We're going to practice together. And then Friday, they'll all be on their lunch, and we're going to have dinners both nights after uh, our, we practice Thursday. And on Friday after we play, the kids will all eat and hang out together, share good, some stories, create some memories. Good st- all about. Good for South. Uh, Ryan, I know you were really large and, 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 and spearheading a lot of this. And, Chris, do you second that with Ryan, and you can touch on this. This is more than a football game, right, Chris? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what? Uh, we actually expect to have a pretty strong team here uh, at a park this year. And just getting together and uh, have these guys get to go down on a trip. And like Ryan said, make some good memories, gel as a team, kind of have some laughs uh, before we step into a, a pretty aggressive uh, and tough season ahead. So, uh, and I, especially going down there as coaches, I'm uh, excited to kind of see their facilities, pick their brains a little bit, maybe ask them uh, how they do, maybe doing things a little bit differently and help us make our game better up here. I'd have loved to have been an offensive coordinator in, in Canadian football. I just, like got four guys on a fly pad and have a couple <laughs> button hooks. <laughs> right, Brad, yeah. right, Brad? You've called a lot of games. That'd be fun to call a game like that, wouldn't it? Oh, it would. It'd be wide open like that. Oh, yeah, let's go. Brush up on the rules. <laughs> and if I went to Oak Park, my French would be better because I think that you can walk out of that school knowing English, French, probably about nine different languages. It's all, it's all good. Ryan, great stuff. Uh, uh, good to have you on board, man, and, and we'll see you. Best of luck in this. And, and I'll tell you, Chris, it's really good to hear your voice, and hopefully we'll be able to, to stay in contact with you as we follow Oak Park High School, the, the home of the... The Raiders. Thank you. Raiders. Silver, so my, <laughs> let me guess. <laughs> You're right. It's Raiders. My guess is you got a little silver in the uniform then, maybe a little... Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. looking at... Yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. Go Bruins, too. All right, good stuff. Hey, guys, Ryan, thanks. Chris, thanks. And uh, have, have a lot of fun. That's going to be fantastic. And we hope a lot of folks come out there and support the uh, the students and the athletes. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Chuck. You got it. Ryan Soroka and Chris Olson joining us today. Chris, the head coach at Oak Park in uh, Winnipeg. Obviously, it's a good program. And uh, the Bruins, well-established program, very good program, too. And, that's pretty cool, Brad. I, I I knew maybe that maybe now it makes sense. I knew that maybe there was a, a, a the Grant influence with Winnipeg mm-hmm. and the Sun. That's pretty cool how that was. Yeah, that's just a just not just as your standard scrimmage. You're yeah. you know facing something totally different from, but you know, just a different way of playing and football and culture and everything else. Everything, as Ryan said, and they handed it to us, and then they handed it to us. <laughs> <laughs> so that, you're going to learn if you're any good pretty quick. Do you think they, Do you think that would adapt? Because uh, I'm not going to lie to you. CFL football is pretty fun. If, if Sometimes you'll see it on, on ESPN. They'll, they'll show yep, it. But like CBS Sports Network. CBS Sports Network. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, mean, I think has it this summer. But, yeah, it's been on ESPN before. I spent enough time, I guess, in Canada over the summers to to understand. I get mm-hmm. it'll watch that. But it is really – it's intense. And you th- and if you're thinking, well, they must never run the ball, that's not true. They do. There, There's the there's hard dives and, and run the ball. But the openness of it, uh, there's, there's a there's – they, they, they kind of throw to set up the run. Right. Really. There's like – yeah, it would be the equivalent of basketball just going out watching, you know, some great three-point shooters and every now and then you get a post-touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, this, this is a – 
This is it, but it is a thrilling. And we are seeing more athletes come out of uh, Canada that are just uh, starting to litter cottages here in the States, which is uh, which is good stuff. So next Friday, I wonder what they're having for lunch on that. Are we going to be around? Maybe we'll sneak over there. Are they going to bring uh, maybe some pierogies and a poutine or poutine, something like that? A poutine maybe. pierogi. <laughs> bring some of that. Maybe some of that, that toffee that's so, you know, in the little box uh, toffee that they ever. I, I, growing up in Williston, we were. A couple hours south of Regina, Saskatchewan. And every time we went up to Regina, I came back with like a, a, a Santa Claus sack full of toffee when I got back. <laughs> lasted the whole year. Very nice. Uh, good stuff. Thank you to Terry Horan uh, joining us. Go Covers. Uh, thank you to Ryan Stroker, Fargo South uh, coaching staff. Thank you, Ryan. And Chris Olson, the head coach at Oak Park uh, in Winnipeg uh, for that big event. Great stuff, uh, gang, today on the show. Common Man is coming up around the corner. Red Hawks tonight. Got to get back in that win column. Got to get back in that win column. Colton Davis tomorrow uh, on the show. We've got Ed Julian. Uh, we've got uh, who else do we have tomorrow? We, Matt Walner. Matt Walner. <laughs> Carlos Correa. Correa. Twins and Tigers tomorrow uh, right here on 740 The Fans. Stick around. Common is next for the fans.